everybody. Welcome back to the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me this week, I have recruited the Brothers of Destruction to tear a portal through time. Nate and Willie, how are you guys doing this week? I'm doing great, buddy. Glad to be here again. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing quite well, man. I'm doing quite well. And Willie, how about you, sir? Good, good. All right. I'm glad to hear it. And um, real quick, uh, before I forget, uh, next episode is going to be Dragon Quest Eleven Part One. Um, so, so you'll probably be more than likely actually, yeah, more than likely hearing these two voices join me again next week to talk about some wonderful Dragon Quest. But not only that, next Sunday is the one-year anniversary of starting the show up. So uh, if anybody's got like some favorite memories or uh, favorite episodes, things that they like want to talk about uh if you want to make fun of me or ryan or for anything that we've said over the last year fucking uh hit up the discord uh go to the facebook page or the twitter tweet at us um let us know man let us know i'd really like to uh gather some stuff and be able to read it out on the episode next week because it blows my mind that i release these episodes each week and then i look at and there's at least well, I won't give specific numbers, but there's a good amount of you that listen that, like, I am surprised that it is as high as it gets some weeks. So, like, I thank you all for listening. Like, it's super cool. And uh, But that's in the future. That's in the future. That'll be next week. This week, gentlemen, we played something revolutionary. We played the first Portal. Now, this was my first experience with Portal. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, same for me. It's like, I... Never really had it, like, and I'm pretty sure this was always a PC game. I don't know if it ever came out on any consoles, but I don't think it did. So I was one of those people that never had a console, like a console, a PC that had any capability to play any real video games on until recently. So this was a real treat for me. I played through the first probably half of it way back in the day. Something distracted me. I never got back to it. So this is my first time actually finishing the game. So that was cool. Okay. Um... Yeah, I I had always heard, oh my god, you've got to play Portal, right? So it was always on my list of things to play. Like there are uh, more than a handful of games on the Steam Machine list that are like critically acclaimed. Uh, the internet loves them. Uh, what jumps to mind is like Planescape Torment, right? Everybody that I know that has played that game fucking loves that game, and it's like I am so looking forward to pulling one of those games because like. I've never played them, but I've heard so much about them. Like, uh, and another, for instance, uh, I know I'm getting off subject, but that's what we do here. Um, on talking in Discord last night with uh, Dave and Zalnob, um, and they were talking about Neverwinter Nights and Icewind Dale and those games, and I'm like, "Fuck, man, I own them, and I would really like to play them. I just never have." And the more they told me that Neverwinter Nights is like D and D. I was like, hmm, I really like D&D. So, and apparently like people used to run D&D campaigns in Neverwinter Nights, which is just cool. So, Congratulations on naming a bunch of games I also haven't played. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a D&D PC RPG before. I'm actually uh, really interested. That's a huge, uh, huge fine spot for me. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll have to check it out, man. Because I know, uh, I think Baldur's Gate is based around some D&D stuff. I could be mm-hmm. wrong about that. Um and then Icewind Dale's D&D stuff, um, Planescape Torment was D&D stuff. Um, 
Neverwinter Nights 1 and 2 was D&D. Like, there's a lot of D&D-based computer games, apparently, from back in the day, and I am all about that. All about it. The saddest thing is the only D&D video game I think I've ever played was the extremely ill-fated NES release Heroes of the Lance, <laughs> which is based on the Dragonlance novels and is, uh, let's say, more ambitious than playable. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh man, I've never played it, but I, I might uh, throw that on the uh, the old emulation station just to see see because <laughs> I always amusing. it used to make a lot of ten or top ten worst NES games lists back in the day. Way worse than Deadly Towers. So let's go ahead and get the uh, real quick get the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit out of the way. And Nate, OWBS, OWBS, Nate, you're about to learn something, sir, uh, and. Willie, maybe you too. Uh, Portal is a 2007 puzzle platforming game developed and published by Valve. It was released in a bundle, the Orange Box, for Windows, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3, and has since okay. been and has since been ported to other systems, including Mac OS, uh, Linux, and Android. God, playing Portal on your phone—I can't even imagine. Actually, I should have said that, but the first time I played through it was actually on my friend's uh, 360, or when I half played it, and uh, I mean. I can see why people get so curious about mouse and keyboards, because the precision is just, it's so much better, I feel like. LOL, I definitely played with a controller. What? Oh, well, good. I, I, okay, we could touch on that then, because I, want, I wanted to ask if you did, um, because I used mouse and keyboard. And there were a couple times that I had an issue where my mouse was not doing what I wanted it to do. Did you ever have anything like that on the controller? I did, yeah. Okay. So there were some weird times where you'd step through a portal, especially if there was any kind of vertical movement with it, where... I felt like it didn't point in the direction that you want it to. Yeah, and the one particular instance, and this is not really a game that we have to cover in order so we can jump around. Um, the Towards the end of the game, there was where you had to go up the platforms, and you kept having to go up and up and up, and you had to like shoot a blue portal onto the uh, the square out, and like all the stuff underneath would kill you. You'd fall in there and drown or whatever. And then... Like, to your left, there was a huge drop-down, so, like, you had to jump, shoot the orange portal onto the ground where you would fall through it, and then shoot up through the blue portal, and then you had to shoot an orange portal on the next platform and make your way up like that. I That first jump where I would soar out and up, I couldn't figure out which direction my dude was facing, or I guess it's my girl, the girl was facing, and... I'm moving my mouse and it's not doing anything. That puzzle took me like half an hour just because of control issues. <laughs> yeah, and there were definitely some points for me like that as well where it was just like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I just couldn't quite execute it because I felt like the controller, and it might have been better on mouse and keyboard, I don't know, but I just couldn't aim exactly where I wanted to. I think that uh, there, if, if you basically if you had two portals that were shot in different directions, like if you started in one place and put two down, it, I think it wouldn't really. It kind of confused it. Like it was almost like putting a rotation in when you sprung out of the second portal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, because I definitely got lost a couple times too. Although at least one thing nice is there was a feature that made it so it kind of tries to auto aim you through downward facing portals, which comes into play a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Having to there was a a bunch of different uh, sections where you had to jump mm. and then like go through a portal. Like you had to get. Uh, oh, Nate, what was it you said earlier? Speedy thing goes in, speedy thing comes out. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you have to have that momentum. So when you shoot out the other portal, you literally shoot out like and go across the room. Yeah, those were some of the coolest puzzles, in my opinion, the ones where you had to shoot at the ground while you were falling to maintain your momentum so you could make it far enough across to get to the next point. Yeah, yeah that felt so satisfying. Um, okay, real quick, uh, finish the OWBS. Portal consists of a primary, uh, primarily of a series of puzzles that must be solved by teleporting the player's character and simple objects using the Aperture Science handheld portal device, a device that can create interspatial portals between two flat planes. The player character, Chell, uh, is challenged and taunted by an artificial intelligence named GLaDOS, which stands for the Genetic Life Form and Disk Operating System, to complete each puzzle in the Aperture Science Enrichment Center using the portal gun with the promise of receiving cake when all the puzzles are complete. <laughs> oh, that sentence gets me every time I read it, dude. Just to, like, if you get through, you can have cake. <laughs> Um, the game's unique physics allow kinetic energy to be retained through the portals, requiring creative use of the portals to maneuver through the test chambers. This game, this gameplay element is based on a similar concept from the game Narbacular Drop. Many of the team members from Digipen Institute of Technology who worked on Narbacular Drop were hired by Valve for the creation of Portal, making it a spiritual successor to that game. Now, when I read that, I found that very interesting, so I pulled up Narbacular Drop and... Narbacular Drop was an environmental puzzle game developed by Nuclear Monkey Software. It was released for free online in 2005 for Microsoft Windows, and it was the senior game project of students attending DigiPen Institute of Technology. The gameplay consisted of navigating a dungeon using an innovative portal system. The player controls two connected, interconnected portals that can be placed on any non-metallic surface, a wall, a ceiling, a floor, etc. Uh, Gabe Newell, managing director of Valve, took interest in the team's work and then employed the whole staff at valve and they went on to make portal so like moral of the story follow your dreams kids <laughs> <laughs> valve especially has a history of doing that kind of thing too where they're looking for more independent talent when they hire people like um i know uh, it was one of the uh casali brothers i think dario casali got a job at valve just because his doom levels that he had made for you know uh, final doom and for his own personal projects were like that good they were like we want this guy over here designing levels that guy ended up making the first uh payload map for team fortress 2 wow yeah. that's what's up that's what's up i i've heard something similar but it, it wasn't valve uh there was a guy who made uh there's a mod for skyrim i believe it's called enderall it, no i think enderall is the one for oblivion I, I don't remember there's a mod that the guy made um and he submitted it to bethesda as a application like, here's what I can do with your game engine, because I made my entire own game in your engine. Because that's what it is. When you download this mod, it's a completely different game than Skyrim. It just basically takes the Skyrim build and engine and the creation kit, and he made his whole a whole 40-hour game in it. Wow. And saying, I think that's so cool when publishers are looking at, you know, game jams and student projects and, you know, free release mods and stuff and saying this talent is what we need. Like, that's so cool to me. Well, the crazy thing is Bethesda said, man, that's really cool, but we don't need anybody right now. Not Naughty Dog went, yo, you can work for us. So he works for Naughty Dog now. <laughs> wow. Nice. So, like, that guy probably worked on The Last of Us 2 and stuff like I, You know, it's like. It's crazy how it works out like that. But uh, Portal was like the acclaimed game of 2007. Like it was like the most original game. Everyone fucking loved it. Although there were criticisms that it was too short and the, there wasn't much story to it, which understandably so. Although I guess 
with it. I think there was there was no promise of Portal Two at the time, so I could see where people were kind of like, "That's it," because it's very it's not Here's very long. Was, I'm sorry. No, it's just, that, that's all I was to say. It's not very long. Here's the question to me: Is like how much did this game cost when it initially came out? Because yeah, it's a short game, but I know that even back then. PC developers were making games cheaper than console developers, so I think it really depends on how much the game cost, whether that's a valid complaint or not. Well, it was released as part of a bundle called The Orange Box, which included quite a few other things. I don't have the wiki entry pulled up, but it was a lot of stuff that used, like, Half-Life Engine and things like that, and I think it included, like, um, one of the later Half-Life games or, like, Episode or something like that. So, like, I don't think you could originally buy it on its own. Oh, yeah. The Orange Box um, had Half-Life 2... And its first standalone expansion, Episode 1, and then uh, three new games in the compilation, which was uh, Half-Life Episode 2, Portal, and Team Fortress 2. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know how much that, how much did that bundle cost? Uh, $30 originally. Okay, that's a stupid complaint then, because that is a hell of a lot of content, and nobody was buying it for Portal, they were buying it for Half-Life. Yeah, fair. Fair. I agree, Portal was like, it ended up being bonus content that was so good it became Ascendant, essentially. I did not even realize that uh, it was only released in the or- the orange box at first. I thought it came. I thought the orange box was like, you know, how some companies will do that, where they'll like they'll release a few different games and then they'll like bundle them together and release them as a package. Like that's what I thought the orange box was, but I I have been wrong for years apparently. <laughs> but you know, apparently, according to the Wikipedia page, which is great sourcing, don't cite me as an academic, anyone. But <laughs> it says uh, this was the first release of Half Life Two Episode Two Portal. And Team Fortress Two, so that's a lot of a lot of game. Back then, TF Two wasn't free to play yet. Yeah, and that's I can't believe that Team Fortress Two has been around that long and is still going strong. Yeah, last I checked, it was like the fourth most uh, current active users on Steam or something. Wild. So, what were your first impressions with this game? Uh, let's start with Nate, since you had never played it before. Yeah, so first impressions, I got booted up, and like I said, I was the weirdo playing with the controller because like. I kind of knew that it was probably better. Excuse me, hold on. Sorry, I had to cough there. You might want to cut that out. Oh, good. <laughs> but yeah, first, my first impressions with that were, you know, I was the weirdo playing with the controller. So I, I, I kind of knew it was meant for mouse and keyboard. But at the same time, I'm just the weirdo that prefers playing everything with controller if it's at all possible. So went in there like that. And I actually found it was pretty smooth going with controllers. So you used left stick for strafe, right stick for um, looking around. And just instantly when you get in there, you get this fun little atmosphere. You get this weird little robot talking to you, telling you the steps of what you need to do. And it was just really interesting that, like like you said, it was short. There wasn't really much story to it, but the atmosphere that it created was very spooky. Because I know our buddy Zalmop kind of suggested that we play it in the dark. So that's what I did. And you really get into it, and you really get sucked into the atmosphere of the game. Yeah, for sure. Like, you're just like man, you're the only person in this big-ass facility, and it's like, if you don't get out, then it doesn't matter. Like, no one will ever find you. Yeah, for complaints, there's not any narrative in the game. There's a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of storytelling in the game, but it's not, you know, writing and cutscenes. It's stuff you run into as you explore, stuff you see that's broken, uh, little lines of dialogue that imply a bigger existence. Yeah, it's very nuanced, is the thing, and I think probably... A lot of people like having it more in your face, but I kind of enjoyed that piecing things together on your own just by going through like these little secret hidden areas and finding notes scrawled on the walls and things like that. Yeah, yeah, dude, that was 
that was one of the cool things that I liked was, you know, getting into these little areas and then you look and see where somebody had had like some rations and water and they were just yeah. writing on the walls like the cake is a lie, which I know has become a meme, but it, it was cool to see. And that was just like the robot is lying to you and things like that. You know, it, that sets a mood where it's like, all right, not everything is what it seems here. Yeah. And that's when the that's when that creepy factor starts coming in. And then, uh, yeah, I my first impression, like, so my first night playing this, I got probably more than halfway through it, but I got the one puzzle, and I don't remember which puzzle it was, to be honest, but I got really disoriented, and it made me nauseous, and I had to quit the game. I had to stop playing the game. I didn't play the game again for like two or three days, but the next time I booted it up, it didn't happen to me once, so I don't know if it was just something weird that happened on screen that like triggered some like vertigo in me or something, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, walking around like in like in the beginning like you said you you start off and you're kind of just like in this little box and there's a timer taken down and the robot's just kind of welcoming you and then the robot starts freaking out and talking in like spanish and then like there was some german in there <laughs> and then she it goes back to normal and that's when you kind of you end up getting your portal gun and that's when the game starts now i tried to put myself in 2007 and being like all right this is the this is the first time I've ever played Portal. It's 2007. I've never seen anything like this before. Why did this game get as popular as it did? That was my mindset, right? I wanted to kind of like analyze it as I played. But the more I played it, the more I was like, oh, it's obvious why this was innovative. Like, it's so fucking smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, so sm- crisp. And like, when you wanted to do something, other than the, the little, you know, little mishaps that we had we were talking about with certain control parts like other than that everything that you wanted to do in this game you could pretty much do and it feels good to do it yeah and it felt really nice and it was like meaty <laughs> and it was also like very satisfying to figure out how to do the puzzles you know like all right well where do i need to put the portal the blue portal to then be able to get there with the orange portal but then from there what you know just piecing together what you had to do was so much fun to me like when i when i was talking with ryan about this because originally ryan was going to be on the show but he had some stuff come up and uh, was not able to join us but um he said yeah the game's not very long especially if you're using a guide and after playing through this i'm so glad that i didn't use a guide because i feel yeah, like i don't know why you would need one for this game like i mean i guess some of the puzzles might be difficult to figure out but i didn't feel like there was anything that if you just sat there like Puzzle 18 was by far the hardest part of the game, and I probably spent 20 minutes there, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there was anything that was insurmountable with the, uh, without looking. You shouldn't need to look anything up, in my opinion. Yeah, if anything, the thing that kept me not solving that 18th puzzle the longest was because I was like, if they can't be asking me to do what I think they're asking me to do, because the timing must be so tight. And then I actually did it, I'm like, okay, I'll just do it to see why it doesn't work. And it worked, so, okay. <laughs> Yeah, the part that took me the longest in that puzzle was realizing there was a button up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was lucky because I saw the little the little switch wire, the little, you know, the blue or orange, like, sign of lights that show you that there's a switch coming from somewhere. I, like, happened to look at that and, like, oh, there's something up there. Uh, now, I, I don't remember what they are exactly, but I, are you guys talking about the one where, like, you had to go through the wall... And then you're out there and you're in the room with all the turrets. And then, like, once you take yes. the turrets off, it's like you had to go down and press the button. But then you also had to go up to get the cube. Yes. That was my favorite puzzle in the whole game. Oh, it was great. That was, I feel like that was the one that, 
you could have told me that the first 17 puzzles in the game were just a tutorial to get you to that puzzle, and I would have bought that. Yeah, for sure. It was a really fun puzzle. Like, I, I had to bang my head against I didn't see the button for the longest time. <laughs> and after I did that, I started, I was like, oh, yeah. Then, once again, like you said, the movement was so crisp that I was just able to pull everything off that I wanted to pull off because the game makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I will say it's also very satisfying to shoot a portal somewhere and then shoot the other end of the portal underneath one of the turrets and then just watch the turret fall into oblivion. (laughs) Yeah. I actually got an achievement for dropping a turret onto another turret. Oh yeah. (laughs) I got that one as well. Uh, So, so speaking of achievements really quick, there's one that I didn't even know about. Um, Apparently you can get transmissions from the radios. Like, I don't really, I don't know if like you hear talking or anything, but like, I was looking through the achievements and it was like receive all transmissions and I said zero out of twenty six, so I didn't get any. So I was like, "What the fuck?" So I started over today and I was just playing through the first couple of levels and I grabbed this radio and just held onto it and walked around holding it. And when the song ended and then looped, it gave me pr- progress towards the achievement. Really? So I was like, "Oh, so I should have been paying attention to all those radios I found." <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at my Steam library right now, looking at my achievements, and I see zero out of twenty six as well. So. <laughs> There you go. I guess that. Now, I don't know if I don't know if Nate, you would have caught this. Um, Willie, well, have either of you played Half Life? No. No. Um, no, sorry. No. Okay. Um, so I there... do know that there are some lines that imply it's in the same universe, though. Like the end song has the uh, clip about Black Mesa and all that. Mm-hmm. There was actually there's a section towards the end when you're going through like the office areas, where if you look through this one window, there's a projector. And if you watch what it's projecting, it's talking, it's comparing how it's basically talking about how they're going to compete with Black Mesa. Like, so how Aperture Science is going to go about business, like what Black Mesa is doing and how like their numbers compare and what they're going to do in the next fiscal year to do better than Black Mesa. And I was looking at that and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I think I think I took a screenshot of it and sent it to our chat. But in, in, in any case, um, I thought that was really cool world building. So I'm like, okay, so these are in the same universe. Now, from what I've read, the only thing that's there is that the games reference each other. They've never really crossed. But that still yeah. leaves the possibility for it. Yeah, I wish I knew a little bit more about Half-Life and maybe somewhere down the road I'll get to play it. But it'd be interesting because I know that's a kind of a first-person thing too. But if they could add like the portal gun in some way into that, that'd be kind of a neat thing to do. I mean, Half-Life 2 famously had a weapon called the Gravity Gun, which is also another physics-based, puzzly-type yeah. first-person thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and I think that spawned other guns, like, uh, was it Painkiller, where you had the nail gun and you could nail people to walls? <laughs> oh, wow. And they would just, like, physic, like physics just hang from the wall from wherever you shot them with. I think it was Painkiller. Um, but yeah, like, that, that Half-Life engine spawned so many good games, dude. Valve was pumping out some good shit back then and that's definitely one that i wouldn't mind checking out it seems like a pretty cool game half-life yeah absolutely dude absolutely i will uh, i will remember that um i've thought about taking like a couple months after uh then like doing a few more votes and like having like where i choose a game every now and then where i'm just like i'm not going to run the randomizer it's just something that i want to play and please do that (laughs) tyrant (laughs) yeah you fucking tyrant (laughs) <laughs> what does that move you fucking fascist fascist <laughs> <laughs> big Lebowski, dude love it uh, yeah 
such a good movie but yeah i think that would be cool man because like there are games like half-life and uh and like i mentioned planescape torment like those kinds of games i would love to you know dip my dip my hands into and really dive in and check it out um there's actually there's another game in my library that's super long god it's long but i i really want to play it. it's uh, pathfinder kingmaker and that's like the old school computer rpg style you know uh camera down from a slight angle at the top you know Baldur's gate so it's so many so many good games and so so little time yeah i remember when you were sending us that list of uh some of the games you have in available in your system you also looked up how long they each would take to beat and i remember that plane or uh, that pathfinder game having a like ridiculous length especially if you go for all completion yeah i think completion something like 180 hours or something like that yeah, it's it's real long. I think just the base game. I think it's like eighty to hundred hours. It's just like Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> <It's laughs> super long. Um, but yeah, man. I, also, Portal Two. Like, part of me was tempted to just do Portal Two next week, but I really want to dive into Dragon Quest. So maybe after that. But I think Portal Two is a little longer though, so I might save that for after Dragon Quest. Yeah, I feel like that one's kind of a full size game and probably should be you know not considered the same as the little shorties we're doing like this one yeah because yeah because uh, let's talk about that a little bit too about how this game is super short like so i sat down to play it and i got probably to about the 12th ish maybe i'm puzzling it and i had to stop and go make dinner or whatever something like that and i just remember complete opposite of how i felt about hercules where i was like dreading going back to it this game i was so ready to go back to it that once i did sit down start back up to where i was finished the game right after that from 12 to the end it's like this game i did not want to put it down it was so freaking good and just like I, before i knew it i was already done and ready to talk about it with you guys <laughs> i think i had a pretty similar experience except i didn't even take a break i just played through it for i think it was two minutes and 45 or no two hours and 45 minutes no, two minutes this. 45 would be crazy i was gonna say damn son <laughs> speed yeah, run, I'm, I'm that to the speed run, run records <laughs> Yeah, catch catch me on Twitch. I'm breaking all the speedrun records. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't that long of a game, but it w- I didn't want to put it down. I would just like pause the game for a moment, type out one of my thoughts, or send a message to Nate, and then just get right back rolling. Yeah, dude, it was it was a good playthrough. Like I said, I had you know the issue of getting sick the first time, but I think that was just the thing with me because once I got over that and played it, man, it was smooth as butter the rest of the way through. Now I know it wasn't super long. But, I, you know, I feel like also in the same vein, it didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. You know, um, did, now, did either of you get to play some of the uh, the advanced the advanced levels that were like uh, outside of the main game? I wanted to, but I didn't get around to it because when I sat down to play Portal again, I just sat down and played from one to like 14 again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The options of bonus maps, but I never actually did that. So I guess we can't complain too much if the game's too short because there's still more game. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I also liked how the main screen is now different that we've beat it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's no longer that weird, just like sitting in the office. It's like when I logged in now, it was like playing this nice little rendition of Still Alive while the cake was sitting there, and I was like, oh, that's cool. It saved that. <laughs> it uh, think- made me happy. One of the things that I really want to just really drill down on, and I think one of the reasons this game is so well regarded too, is I think I mean the writing in general like i've said this before and i think i still agree with it that a lot of times when you say a video game has good writing what you mean is implicitly it has good writing for a video game 
I think this game has good writing in the sense that I think it's a dark comedy that completely works on its own and probably couldn't have been done as anything other than a video game. Like it's using the medium in a way that I think you couldn't have done any other way. Yeah. Um, I could, I could probably see this as like a, uh, an art film type thing, but it wouldn't, it, you couldn't do it like a blockbuster. You know what I mean? The main character would not just don't have them talk. All the only talking is the robot and it would just yeah. be the person's facial reactions and kind of watching them think about how they're going to do it and getting through and maybe having them shed a tear when they kill companion cube, which let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and touch on that because the internet would get real mad if we didn't. Um, <laughs> that was like a huge thing that came out of this game was companion cube. And honestly, and I don't know if this is the whole joke, they, the whole joke on the internet. Like I thought you would get the companion cube and then you would take that with you through a bunch of different puzzles and, it would help you out to the end of the game. And that way, like when you threw it into the fire, because GLaDOS tells you to, that you would somewhat feel bad about it. Uh, but turns out uh, it was for one level. And I'm not going to lie. It didn't bother me that much to just toss it in the fucking burner, but maybe I'm heartless. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of no. think that was the point. Like she calls you a terrible person for doing it, but you're like, this is a crate. This is just a crate. You painted a heart on. <laughs> I did like though, however, in, in that stage, it was the same stage where there was a little nook and cranny you could crawl your way back into, and there was this whole thing in that little room where there was like a calendar with like, like kind of like a swimsuit edition of the companion yeah. picture in there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it was just like really funny, and it's just like, and I, I've seen like even before I played this game and knew much about it, you know, you see the conspiracy theories about like all oh, the companion cube is basically there's a dead body in it or whatever, and I'm like, no, it's just a cube with a heart on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you've already seen and used a bunch of them. This one's just got a heart, <laughs> and they're like, this is your companion cube. It will guide you through. But it's like, well, so I'm sure it says this to everyone, but like, I, I yeah. literally set. Uh, companion cube on the fur in furnace and then went into the room and hit the button and it fell in and she was just like you did that faster than anyone mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I spent a moment looking for a way to not do it and i was like nah it looks like i got to and it still gave the same message so okay okay i thought well, well in any case yeah, i, I do wonder if there's a way past that puzzle without destroying the companion cube but i doubt there is i think that's probably the point of it yeah it makes people want to take it with them but you can't and it's all because of that dumb little heart no, I mean, it, it wasn't the heart. I only wanted to take it with me to spite GLaDOS. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, you know, I did not expect there to be a boss fight at the end of this. Yeah, so like, after you've solved the last puzzle, there's a really strangely lengthy, like way lengthier than I thought it would be part where you're crawling around in a bunch of like air ducts and warehousey areas trying to just escape from the place. And that part... Actually, I think I feel like I almost spent as long in that part as the actual puzzle section of the game. Yeah, I feel like that took about as long as the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. That was way longer than I expected. And if I were to make one feedback, I would almost say, "Hey, maybe less of that part." But you know, it's still a three-hour game, so I can't complain. I'm, but then, yeah, once you uh, emerge from all of that, the whole while Glados is telling you, "You're going the wrong way. You should have taken a left. There's nothing where you're going." Yeah, and you know she's full shit. Yeah, <laughs> but my my part and like my thing about that part is I was just like, "Fuck, where do I go next?" Like, yeah, it was it was confusing. It was hard to tell where you're supposed to go next. A lot of times in there, I mean, I thought it had a cool aesthetic. Like everything wasn't as nicely signposted as the um, 
the uh, actual lab experiments, but there was also like graffiti that would show up and give you hints as to where to go. But it still took a lot of puzzle stuff out. Because yeah, it was a lot harder to tell what was a wall that you were able to yeah. hit a portal versus walls that you weren't able to put a portal on. Yeah, I had a bit of an issue with that too. Like, I guess well, until you said that about Narbuncular Drop, I didn't realize that the line was supposed to be if it's metal or not. Like, I actually never figured out that that's the material difference. I really like the part where you are escaping, going through that, where you have to use that one, like, rocket launcher kind of thing that shoots at you in multiple oh. different ways. I thought that was a really cool puzzle that they threw in there. Yeah, you had to keep You had to that. go back to it to break the pneumatic tube. That was, I, I did not think of that for a bit. And when I figured it out, I'm like, this game is great. Mm-hmm. It does a lot of brilliant things like that. You just like it just goes above and beyond in a lot of places. Yeah. The puzzle design makes you feel really smart when you nail things. Yeah, it really does. Because like I was just sitting there like, man, I love this. I'm so freaking smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also liked how the uh, you had to use Glados's own turret against her with the portals to hit herself with her own rockets. Like that was great yeah. too. And each time you'd like a piece of her would drop and you would just like destroy it. She would be like. Oh, you destroyed the part that kept me from killing you. Okay. And then the next part, she's like, oh, that was just the part that made me be nice to orphans or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, God, it was cracking me up. Um, but the ending was very vague, I guess, would be how I put it. Like, yeah. You, there was kind of like a an explosion, and then like you're outside, you see green, and then you just kind of start getting dragged away, and then it credits rolled. And I was like, huh. Well, then it did the uh, the whole... Where finally it does show you that the cake is real. Um, I do remember, I don't remember the whole recipe, but I do remember that GLaDOS starts reading off the cake recipe when you're fighting her. And yeah, there was some the, uh, odd stuff in it. The third, I think the the second one you knock off, like after the timer starts, just starts listing a bunch of like cake recipe items. <laughs> yeah, let me see if I can find that. I wonder if anybody also, attempted to make the cake based off the ingredients that she lists off. Oh, also, uh, one thing that's fun about that ba boss fight, too. Almost every single character in the game was voiced by the same person. The lady who played GLaDOS. She also played the turrets. She did most of the little cores you knock off at the end. And uh, Chell doesn't have a voice, I think. I don't even remember there being any, like, quake guy grunts when you jump or anything. Like, I mm -hmm. think she's completely silent. Yeah, there, she is. There is one thing in that boss fight that was voiced by not that person. I wouldn't have oh. even noticed that until I saw the end credits, but um, it says in the end credits, you know, it has, it has her name. I'm going to look up her name, too, because uh, I, I feel like I'm doing it a disservice. It, it's uh, Ellen McLean. Ellen McLean, thank you. Yeah. And then it says Ellen McLean as, and I list most of the voices, and it says, and Mike Patton as the Anger Sphere. No shit. <laughs> Dude, that guy just pops up in everything. Faith no More. Yeah, <laughs> Faith No More, Major, uh, Mr. Bungle, all those bands. And apparently, as it turns out, they just... Um, uh, Ellen couldn't quite make a growly enough voice, so the last, the very last piece you knock off of GLaDOS, the little thing that snarls at you like a bulldog, they brought yeah. in the vocalist that sang, you know, uh, Epic by Faith No More to make the little growly growls, <laughs> and I think that's funny. Um, okay, so, for one, Faith No More is awesome, so that's yeah. amazing, and isn't he doing, he's doing something else here soon, right? The the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game or something? Uh, he, yeah, he did the voice, he, did, he sang the uh, theme song on the, uh, the Ninja Turtles theme that was used in the trailer for that. Okay, that's what it was. That's what it was. That's what I'm saying. Like, that guy, I keep hearing him pop up, and I'm just like, man, that guy's just done everything. What a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the cake recipe yes. is uh, one 18.25-ounce package of chocolate cake mix, 
one can prepared coconut pecan frosting, three quarters of a cup vegetable oil, four large eggs, one cup semi-seed chocolate chips, uh, three quarters of a cup butter or margarine, one and two-thirds cup of granulated sugar, two cups of all-purpose flour. But do not forget garnishes such as fish-shaped crackers, fish-shaped candies, fish-shaped solid waste, fish-shaped dirt, fish-shaped ethylbenzene, uh, pull and peel licorice, fish-shaped volatile organic compounds, and sediment-shaped sediment. Yes, sediment-shaped <laughs> sediment. <laughs> Candy-coated peanut butter pieces, shaped like fish, one cup of lemon juice, alpha resins, unsaturated polyester resin, fiberglass surface resins, and volatile malted milk impoundments, nine large egg yolks, 12 medium geosynthetic membranes, one cup granulated sugar, an entry called how to kill someone with your bare hands, two cups rhubarb sliced, two and three cups, uh, two with two thirds of a cup granulated rhubarb, one teaspoon all-purpose rhubarb, one teaspoon grated orange rhubarb, three table tablespoons of rhubarb on fire, one large <laughs> rhubarb, <laughs> one cross borehole elect- electromagnetic imaging rhubarb, two... <laughs> Two tablespoons of rhubarb juice, adjustable aluminum head positioner, slaughter electric needle injector, cordless electric needle injector, injector needle drive, injector needle gun, and cranial caps. And it contains proven preservatives, deep penetration agents, and gas and odor control chemicals that will deodorize and preserve putrid tissue. And all of those are fish-shaped. Jesus. This has been a measure message from our sponsor, Cake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the end, it says... Ingredients omitted by the cake core and that are part of the recipe according to Valve include one teaspoon vanilla extract, uh, two-thirds of a cup cocoa powder, one and one-fourth teaspoon baking soda, salt, a uh, quarter teaspoon of baking powder, 20-foot 20 20 thick impermeable clay layer. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's how you make the portal cake. All of that shit. <laughs> All right, Dalton. I'm expecting to see that pop up in the uh, Discord soon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dude, I mean, I might be able to uh, do a, a semblance of it. There's a few things I might leave out. I don't know if you need the fish-shaped stuff, man. I mean, I can get some fish-shaped stuff. I, mean, I, I might leave out the rhubarb on fire. I'm not a big fan of on-fire rhubarb, but... <laughs> you know, I, I And, you know, a borehole electromagnetic imaging rhubarb, real hard to come by these days, so I'll give it my best shot. Let's <laughs> go to Lowe's. Let's go to Lowe's. <laughs> it's like, hey, I need a... Now, that would be some funny shit. A video of people going to hardware stores and asking for things from video games like, yeah, do you have an aluminum head positioner? Uh, no, sir, I've never heard about that. What about an electric needle injector? Uh, sir, do I need to call the police? No, 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 it's fine. Uh, what about a borehole electromagnetic imaging rhubarb? Sir, leave. <laughs> oh, God. Wonderful. Uh, I do this. I do really want to play Portal 2 real bad now. Same. Yeah, I'd definitely be down for that. Like, for sure. Uh... No surprise, um, Portal got a bunch of fucking critical acclaim and awards. Yeah, because here's the thing. As somebody coming into it in the year 2021 for the first time, having heard a little bit about it, but never having any gameplay experience with it whatsoever, I felt like this game could have came out, like, obviously with a little bit of graphical updates or whatever, could have come out this year and still been a really fun game for the first time, because that's basically what it was for me. Yeah, same here. Same here, and... I mean, like you said, obviously it upscaled to 2K or whatever, which is cool that they keep up with it. But it looked pretty for being a game from 2007. Wow. Yup. Uh, yup. I had no complaints with the way it looked at all. Like 
and gameplay was great. The graphics still looked good to me. The sound design was A+. Like, everything about it just works. I'm reading that there used to be, I don't know if it still is, there used to be a Valve physical merchandise store, and you could buy weighted companion cube fuzzy dice. <laughs> and I would hang those in my truck straight up. <laughs> uh, That's cute. So... The, the song at the end, uh, Still Alive, was written by uh, Jonathan Colton for the game, and I believe was sang by Ellen McLean. Yes. Um, did you listen to it? Did you listen to the words? The funny thing is, about, yeah, I have definitely listened to the words of it before, but the funny thing is, is I've heard that song so many freaking times before ever playing this game. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I, 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 I had never heard that before, like, when I was sitting there listening to it. Unless unless that was the game that Factory Sealed played and they sang it at the end. I cannot remember if they did Portal 1 or Portal 2. Um, I should have looked beforehand. Shout out Factory Sealed, Retro Video Game Podcast. Those guys are awesome. And while I'm at it, shout out Tadpog, Tyler and Dave Play All Games. Those guys are awesome too. Um, that song... Oh, go ahead, bud. Pretty big penetration into nerd culture in a lot of places. Like uh, It showed up in as a downloadable song in the Rock Band games and uh, no shit. quite a few other places. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I I just really liked that the song was basically GLaDOS telling you that like she's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even after you've beaten her, she's still lying to you. It's great. And she's like, I'm still alive. Long after you'll be dead, I'm still alive. And I'm not even angry. <laughs> <laughs> you did so well to pass the test or whatever the fuck you yeah. wonderful. Wonderful way to end it. the game. Yeah, it had this end credit sequence too, where like the lyrics were coming in. Okay, it was like a big terminal screen, like a like a Linux terminal, but imagine one that was like written to look more like a, it was in a hacker movie or whatever. And like the lyrics coming down on the left side as if they were memos in the office, and then the credits mm-hmm. going down the right, and then some OSCII art of like companion cube and like the Aperture Science logo and all that. I don't know. It was a really great presentation, like most of the things in the game. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh no, hold on now excluding steam download sales over 4 million copies have been sold since its release that's excluding steam excluding steam download sales wow that's that just counting like the console releases and stuff or the actual physical box it might be counting the physical box and the console releases and stuff yeah man that's before they even put it on steam then that's crazy yeah yeah when did I, I don't remember when Steam started. I know that the Steam started basically so that you could play all of these games under one hub, all of the Valve games, and it just grew from there. But, yeah. uh, the sequel... Uh, didn't... Like, I guess Steam did come out in 2003 originally, actually, so... Did it? Apparently, that's... that's oh, what, uh... right. That would have been around uh, when the first Half-Life and like uh, Counter-Strike and stuff was going, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. I would think that would be around the right time. I don't know. My, my memory is a little hazy from back then. It looks like the initial launch was uh, September 12th, 2003. Uh, all I've heard about Steam in its infancy is that nobody wanted to use it because I I guess it wasn't very stable. It's, it's probably It was probably another one of those things like people feel about Epic and stuff these days where they just don't want to download it for one reason or another. Yeah, but, it took a while before it established itself as like the default, the de facto launcher for PC games. Yeah. Now, I, in in that sense, I will give GOG, uh, good old games, credit for what they've been doing recently with their launcher because you can integrate your Steam library and your Epic library into the Galaxy launcher and launch everything from that one, which I think is really cool. It's awesome. It uh, it it makes for, for like people like me who have 
a bunch of games. I can have them all under one place and I'll have to open like three different. I mean, they have to be open and running, but I can just like minimize them and not worry about it. And I can just load up GOG and go find the game I want. That being said, usually when it's on Steam, I just go to Steam and do it because it's just habit at this point. But for accessing like the Epic games or like the games that I've got that aren't from a launcher, GOG's way easier. Way easier. Um, and it looks like the last thing that I can see that is interesting to me is that it took four years between Portal and Portal 2. Hmm. It is interesting. Or if that's just because they spent a lot more time developing a longer game. Uh, I I think so. I, I would think so. It's like, because I think Portal 2 clocks in at like 18 hours. It had, yeah, Portal 2 was more expansive overall too. Like it had a, more writers, it had a full cast and not just, you know, one person in a cameo. And now it's it's still a no voice protagonist though, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think you're still chill, right? Unless you play co-op. I think in the co-op you're like almost like a GLaDOS core looking characters. It's been a minute since I looked at it, but I I really want to play Portal 2. I know that there's a there's like a web comic I think that came out that l- talked about what happened in between Portal 1 and Portal 2, but I'll have to I'll have to look into that. Yeah, the uh the single player campaign you play is chill. Yeah. And uh, in the cooperative campaign, campaign you play as Atlas and Peabody, who are bipedal robots. So there you go. But we'll get to that eventually. Um, well, actually, you know what? I think now that we've done talking about it, before I forget, Nate, what's up, buddy? How are you? This is your this is your shout out, bud. We get a shout out, yay! <laughs> uh, go ahead and plug your stuff, man. Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitch at Twitch.tv/TurtleBearMan. Same handle on Twitter. Um, yeah, I play mostly retro games, NES. I've been currently playing through Dragon Quest 3 with a little break for Donkey Kong 94 on the Super Game Boy. So just fun times. Come hang out. Say hi. Love to have you. All right. And Ice, you got anything you want to plug, bud? Uh, on the Hercules Zip, I said that I was Ice Brand Studios on Twitch and Twitter, where I never stream and never tweet. I haven't streamed or tweeted since then. So you can follow those and keep up the all hits, no filler. <laughs> and of course me you can find everything to do with the show at the steam machine podcast.wordpress.com um there's a link to the merch site you want to go get a shirt with like the steam machine podcast logo on it and shit or you want to get like some underwear with it on there boom go get it there um there's a patreon where you can hear uh extra episodes um music podcast that i do um and the i release the episodes now with like you get to hear all of the unedited bullshit before the episode even starts so that's always fun um and yeah, you won't believe what politician we conspired to murder before we started recording <laughs> but you have to give us a dollar at least to find out patreon.com slash steam machine podcast asterisk i am legally reminded by our council that we didn't actually threaten to do that on any recorded part even on the patreon uh, but now there's a cia agent who has to buy a patreon subscription so we can hear it yeah boom he- Big brain. Yeah. It's <laughs> so at least the government giving me $1. That'd be nice. So, um, and the last thing is uh, on the Steam Machine Podcast.wordpress.com, uh, there is a link to my band camp where I just put out a new album called Okami no Kage. Uh, it's got, I think, 16 tracks on there. Uh, it's 10 bucks. I hope you enjoy it. If you listen to it, that's what I do. I make music. I just hope people like it uh, and, and vibe with it. Um, I'm not looking to become rich or anything. I just like. I just like people being able to use it. It's like uh, when uh, my buddy Mike got hit with a, a claim 
for when he was using my music on his Twitch stream, I was like, oh no. So I, I took my album that I was putting on Spotify off of it because the company that I was uploading it through were trying to protect me, which I understand that, but they did not give me a way to tell them like, this is a list of people. Don't fuck with these people because I gave them permission to use my shit. So I would rather just it spread by word of mouth. So if you're listening, uh, if you could go check out the band camp, it's Nile the nightmare.bandcamp.com, I think. Um, or you could just click the link on the Steam Machine Podcast website. Uh, it would mean a lot to me. Um, you could also now find uh, Nile the Nightmare on Facebook, and it is at Nile Nightmare on Twitter. I finally made uh, social medias for it and not just using my personal page. Um, I have a lot of fun, and I, I think I think you guys would dig it. It's just stuff to get stoned to, dance to, play video games to, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, man, that's that's about all the uh, self-promotion that I've got in me right now. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to chat about before we get out of here? You didn't ask us how many Century Bots out of five this game gets. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, how many Companion Cubes out of Century Bots? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> How many companion cubes out of 10 Century Bots? Uh, I'll go first and say 10. I love this game. This game is great. I know I've been giving really high scores a lot, but I don't really have any feedback that would improve this game. I think it is a meaningful advancement in video games, and it was awesome, and it still holds up today. Yep, 100% agree. Encapsulated in itself, it is a perfect game for a perfect time for it to have existed, and yeah, I have nothing that I'd want to see different about it. And, uh... I am going to say that I feel the same way because it's like I playing through this, I could see the influence that this had in some games that I play and love. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, I, I can't give it anything less than a 10 because it's just so influential in other things that I adore. Um, like when I played when I, when I was first playing through this and I was playing it, I could not keep help. Damn it. I can't talk could not help but keep thinking about the Talos Principle, which is a game that me and Ryan played last year for the show, which was made by the people who did Serious Sam, but like it was another puzzle game, like kind of like Portal, but without the without the portals. But I could see influence from Portal in it in some of the ways of thinking about going about the how you do the puzzles and stuff. It's just and and the, the Talos Principle, I think I gave that a 10 as well. Like it's just fucking phenomenal so i i gotta put it right there with i gotta put portal right there with it yeah dalton you're gonna have to promise to bring me in for a bad game sometime because between portal and dragon quest 11 i need to be on an episode of a bad video game fair oh i can i cook that up (laughs) i can cook that up real quick (laughs) well all right man if there's if there's nothing else that you gentlemen would like to discuss or bring up then I think that about does it for this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. So, until next time, we got He's Willie, he's Nate, I'm Dalton, and the cake is a motherfucking lie. This was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must, because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no sense crying over every mistake. You just keep on trying till you run out of cake.
Just 